0: For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get
1: you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. on your wednesday episode of locked on raptors it's a mailbag show and it's not your typical mailbag for this time of year where we're digging into fake trade scenarios there's some of that particularly as it relates to og and But for the most part today's a palette cleanser we've got fun we've got weird we've got off the wall questions from you the freaks who put them all in thank you so much for being here katie heindel's along as well let's get to it oh like because when i shot it, i expected to make it so like i don't shoot trying to miss. So. Going on? And welcome to episode number thirteen twenty-seven of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, January the twenty-fifth. I'm your host Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps, and of course, we are on YouTube. Please go hit the big red subscribe button. You can't miss it. If you go and look up the Locked On Raptors YouTube channel, it's very much appreciated as well. When you support the show, helps with the algorithm and becoming more visible, and all that good stuff, while also stroking my ego. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On to get started today. All right. On today's show, I put out a call... For some mailbag questions that might just sort of change the tone and tenor of the conversation about the Raptors because look, it's been grim, it's been big picture, it's been trade heavy over the last little while and will promise to be so for the next couple weeks. But I just kind of needed like a, a fresh set of questions, a fresh set of topics for the day, and you, the listeners, have very much delivered with that and uh, come through on my request. And here, to dig into some really fun mailbag questions, we'll get to some trade-related stuff at the end of the show as well, so stick around for that. It is, of course, Katie Heindel, who I currently have on the screen as Vivek Jacob, and I feel very <laughs> badly about this. There, I fixed it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, Katie Heindel, how are you? I'm good.
3: The greatest freak of them all. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm hanging in.
1: I'm glad to hear it. It's snowing. It's uh well, you're here in Hamilton. It's been snowing for like a couple hours now. There's some good accumulation. It's very wintry. It's uh, got me in better spirits because outside isn't just a you know a palette of gray. There's some whites mixed in now too, which is nice. Uh, brights it brightens up the whole day. Uh, either way, Katie. Speaking of brightening up the whole day. Let's get to some mailbag questions from some lovely listeners who, uh, again, obliged my request for just something different to talk about. The first question here comes from our pal Chelsea Light over at Raptors HQ. If you could put together the perfect basketball player using three different qualities from three different Raptors, past or present, let's say present just for simplicity's sake, uh, what would you make? Whom would you make? I suppose this may be the proper way to frame this question. Uh, Who's your uh, Toronto Raptors Voltron player, Katie? Three different skills put into one. What you got?
3: Yeah, this is less Frankenstein right? y. Yeah.
1: yeah. it's, it's more um, sort of a superhuman uh, amalgamation of things. Right. like it fell, fell into some sort of nuclear reactor. All three players did and were blended into one person. Ugh. Uh. I was thinking about
3: this and I was like, should I do a. We, like, I was like, for some reason, I am like, John Sammons. I was going to do a real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a freak one and then a regular one, but I think I'll just do. Mm-hmm. A regular one,
1: which mm-hmm. might be
3: freakish to some. Uh, okay. I think what you got? I'd probably have the beautiful defensive mind of Marc Gasol.
1: Mm. Oh, so you're going past players? All right, we're we're oh. opening up the box. I I thought present was more simple because sure. my brain let's just only present. works in the present. Uh, no, let's and do I, present. Okay, cool. Okay,
3: cool. Um present. I would have the. Mine are just going to be like brain. Um, I think uh, the <laughs> like, defensive capabilities probably of a Giananobi. Okay. Um. So the dry wit doesn't hurt. You
1: know. Yeah, that, that's a nice little thing to to to, to have in there as well. Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> um, I think I want the specifically the other qualities are wonderful, but specifically the handle of Scotty mm. Barnes, because it's still a marvel to me to watch somebody uh, be able to dribble the basketball like 10 feet away from their body.
1: Sure, sure.
3: Uh, and mostly keep control of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and then the last one is tough. I think I would like the explosive motor of Chris Boucher.
1: Okay. So it's a Boucher, uh trying really hard while uh, dribbling very. Uh, it, 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 I don't. know. What's the word for how Scotty Barnes dribbles? Like I mean, <laughs> I
3: think it's beautiful,
1: but it, it is beautiful. Look, it's like yeah. a,
3: it's an anomaly.
1: Yeah, uh, tall guy dribbles, uh, <laughs> extreme motor, and uh, defensive chops on the level of OG Ananobi. Not a bad combination there, Katie. I too am going to have Scotty Barnes as part of my uh, trio, Triforce of Raptors goodness, or whatever we're calling it here. Um, I think I'm going to go Scotty Barnes as passing just because it's really fun to watch, and, and I would like to have no look passes be part of whoever is this sort of uh, amalgamation player we're coming up with. I think I'm going to go Fred Van Vliet's pull-up three-point shooting, and I know everyone's going to go, Fred, he's terrible. No, he's good. Uh, Look at the numbers. He's actually uh, back to being Fred Van Vliet. He's very good at basketball. Uh, And if Scotty Barnes, with that passing, also had himself a pull-up three, boy, oh, boy, we're really talking. And then I think I'm going to go with the sort of all-encompassing, switchable rim protection defense of Precious Achua, as opposed to OG Ananobi. Just to mix it up, I think both of those guys have, uh, of course, all sorts of merit on the defensive side of the ball. But I think a, a Scotty Barnes-sized player who shoots like Fred Van Vliet and defends like Precious Achua and passes like Scotty Barnes is maybe the best player in the entire NBA, which uh, <laughs> I guess is what you're trying to do when you put all this stuff together. Um can we come up with a name for these players? No, that's going to be too hard. I don't want to. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No. Uh, speaking of Scotty Barnes, let's get to this question. An interesting one from Cameron Hilton who asks, In five years, what position is Scotty Barnes playing the most? Um, that's This is a really good one. Of course, of late, he's been playing mostly center uh, as, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the middle of the floor guy on the offense. The kind of by default rim protector even though maybe that's not his best spot I think it's his best spot right now long term maybe not um you know obviously he brands himself as a point guard I, I'm sure he's been penciled in as the starting small forward more often than not uh on the actual sort of lineup card or power forward whatever you want to say uh Scotty Barnes a man of many positions Katie what do you think is the position he'll be playing the most in 5 years time
3: Well he's not this is tough cuz he's not at a vacuum so I yeah. and I think Uh, someone like Scotty Barnes, and also just this type of player that we're going to see more of going forward in the NBA. It's so contingent on what the team uh, around him is doing. And with Scotty, Mm -hmm. I'm like, is he in Toronto? What does that team look like? Is he somewhere else? What are they going to want and need from Mm -hmm. him? Um, I would say, intuitively, I just, I feel like I would say point guard. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Uh, I think his skill set will have progressed to that level where he's kind of like wide panning it mm-hmm. and I think
1: one second, yeah, no, it's okay. We love the dog. It's always, it's always good.
3: Um, I was going to say center, but then I was like, you know, in five years he's not going to be a geriatric person. Um, cause I was like, you know, I could see him playing more centered down like farther down the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not to
3: suggest that like centers are just static and stand mm-hmm. there, because they certainly aren't anymore. Mm-hmm. But I could see maybe him growing into that more as like oh, well into the future. But I would say probably point guard in five years. That's where my I money's think, at.
1: I think I'm with you. I, I think the playmaking is like very obvious. I think mm-hmm. the fact that he can kind of get to his spots with the ball in his hands that seems like a pretty useful thing to have in a point guard. I know right now he's kind of better making those quick decisions from the middle of the floor when there's kind of duress to make those decisions as opposed Mm -hmm. to surveying, Having to sort of probe and then make his decision after making his move, um, I think that sort of quick fire processing is going to come because look at the passes the dude throws. He's just he sees things that other people don't, um, and you know with a proper environment with proper spacing around him, I think he could be really deadly in that sort of lead guard point guardy sort of thing. And look, the Magic Johnson stuff is very real. Not that he's going to be Magic Johnson because you know, that's a, one of the ten best players of all time, but the sort of the vibe of hey, this guy is six eight six nine, but can play like a point guard. This mm-hmm. seems like a thing to maximize and sort of have that size of the position. I kind of feel like that's where things are headed here for the Raptors. Who, um, as much as vision six foot nine might be, you know, a thing of the past as sort of an ethos, I still think the general idea of having six nine guys handle the ball, if they can do it, is a pretty good one in a, in a mm-hmm. league where tall guys tend to perform better than shorts. Um, <laughs> That said, you mentioned the idea of him playing center. There is absolutely a window of Scotty Barnes's career when he's between, like, 35 and 39, where he will be full-on Boris Diaw, uh, like Spurs-era Boris Diaw, and I am very excited for that, Katie. Let me tell you... Um, we're going to continue on get to a few more questions uh, some fun ones some trade related ones everything in between before we do that however very excited today to tell you about our dear friends over at fanduel a very exciting new sponsor here with locked on they are the number one sports book in america and if you're new to fanduel that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy new customers can join today and get started with a 150 dollars bonus in free bets guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to play your props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. For example, if you're like me and you like to get into little sports betting when you're at a game in itself in the flesh to enhance the live experience, get a same game parlay going. It's a really fun time. My cousin did this exact thing when we went to the Raptors game a couple weeks ago against the Hornets and he won. Very exciting. A Scotty Barnes steal in the final minute of the game got him to his same game parlay and he was very thrilled about that. All in the app. that's safe, secure, and he's super easy to use. So football, basketball, hockey fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel Official Sports Day.
2: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, let's continue on here with your first listen of the day. Katie Heindel. along. By the way, before we continue uh, any further here, reminder, February the 7th at the Rivoli, Queen Street West. (laughs) I think 6 p.m. is when things get rolling. Uh, It's the Raptors Republic pre-trade deadline podcast extravaganza of the century. And the first panel is going to be a locked-on Raptors takeover. Katie Hyde will be there. Other familiar faces from this podcast will be there. That's all I can say right now. It's going to be a ton of fun. Get your tickets right now. Go to raptorsrepublic.com. We will see you there on February the 7th. All right, Katie. Let's carry carry on here. Carry forward. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, this one comes from a beloved regular question asker, Epic Moppus, the preeminent Toronto Raptors fan from Tennessee. Apologies to non-Epic Moppus fans from Tennessee, who I've just denigrated. The question is, which Raptor would give the best halftime performance, balancing bowls on their head while on a unicycle, dramatic painting to club music, doing tricks with a very cute dog, those kinds of things? Uh, Katie... This is a very good one. Uh, who's nailing the halftime performance for the Toronto Raptors?
3: I think that would be pretty good. Um in, in okay. terms of like keeping a composure, like doing something, yeah, like painting is a good one. Um, not, but like more like fine art life painting. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I could see him. I could see him really like digging in, being good at that. <laughs> I think. Um, Scotty, I'd like to see you do something musical.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like a like a drumline situation or
3: no, you know what I'm thinking?
1: Mm-hmm. Is when
3: I don't know if I'm actually even going to be able to explain this properly. Uh
1: <laughs> even better.
3: <laughs> when there's like contra like a giant contraption that someone has made, mm-hmm. and like either water's running through it or like a ping pong ball is running through it, something is going through it, and then it like makes sounds mm-hmm. as the thing progresses progresses
1: sure sure
3: and you kind of have to be in like you maybe at some point have to like press something or pull something or move something Mm
1: -hmm.
3: something like that so it's like invention (laughs) and then i think you just
1: described an instrument from the grinch (laughs) like when they're playing around with their toys before christmas eve yeah (laughs) but
3: they i've seen this kind of thing happen so maybe just in my dreams but i've seen it i can pick i can picture it not just the grinch Something like that because I feel like if there was a moment when things went awry, uh, just seeing Scotty be like, like in the stressed out in the moment, you know, trying to trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out with a smile on his face would be a lot of fun. Hmm. Animals? I don't know. Animals are tougher. (laughs) I can't really. I don't know. I can't picture. Are there any
1: notable dog guys on the Raptors right now? I know Norm Norm, Powell, but yeah. So I think
3: this would have been a great. For Norm to get Apollo oh, totally. and Odin out there. Yeah. Um, just doing like little twirls. But now would I. The, don't would, know. He, would he
1: race the dogs against one another or would that they would do some good. sort of teamwork event?
3: Oh, uh, well, like a baby race where the dog was like a. Ch- the baby's in a chariot and the dogs are like. Little oh. dogs are <laughs> hooked up to the baby chariot to pull Well, in. I think we
1: just found our answer. They have to trade for <laughs> Norm Powell now to get this going. Game <laughs> Ops. Uh, put your input into the front office, please. Yeah um i do like the idea of scotty barnes playing a great big electric who cardio schlux. uh that sounds fun <laughs> for me katie i always like the ones where uh like feats of strength are uh, on oh. display in a halftime show just people lifting other people and i kind of think you could get to some sort of circus level entertainment with OG Ananobi just lifting various people from the crowd um, and just like seeing just you, you you bring in 10 people and then he just lifts them and if he can't lift you you win something maybe that's it I, I, like anything where OG is just put pulling off hilarious mm-hmm. feats of strength I think would be fun maybe it's just like the the undressed players for the Raptors you get like Joe Wieskamp and Kem Birch uh, just coming out to get bench pressed by OG um You could even do, like, some sort of routine where you're hanging from the the rafters and, like, OG's just, like, holding Gary Trent Jr. aloft, like, uh, Rose from Titanic, in the air, suspended. uh, Maybe that's it. Um, I'm really hung up on this feats of strength by OG. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm also pretty party to anything involving trampoline dunks and like maybe you get a, a precious Achua doing a trampoline dunk routine. And I don't know. That feels pretty... too risky. Definitely. But, you know, what's the risk? Well, what's the point of having a halftime show if there's not a little risk to it? Am I right? Like people love Red Panda. There's a lot of risk there. They're pros. You know what I mean? Level. You don't
3: mm-hmm. just pop anybody on a trampoline and hope for I the mean, best.
1: I feel like in an alternate timeline, Precious Achua is the greatest slam ball player of all time. But, uh, (laughs) you know, your point on safety does stand. Uh, Let's continue and get this question in here from Jeff Zylon from Twitter asking, Do either of you have a favorite player's free throw style, or am I the only weirdo who thinks about this? I noticed Kyrie Irving's really unique way of doing them last time. They played the Raptors, and I've been obsessed with watching every player's free throw style since uh gotta say excellent question this was the first question that came in after I put out the prompt for some fun weird creative (laughs) questions and boy did Jeff hit the spot with this one I don't know if the Raptors currently have like a cool interesting free throw routine I think the one that stands out from recent Raptors history for me is DeMar DeRozan with the ghost high fives yeah um but do you have someone that comes (laughs) to mind it could just be you know it doesn't have to be a Raptor either it could be someone who uh is out there in the ether whose free throw stylings you like
3: uh, I liked watching Kyle's free throws. He was like mm. very. Um,
1: very direct.
3: In- intent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mark was a good one.
1: Mm. Mark's got that like slow load, doesn't he? I yeah. Mean, like, yeah, yeah, very, very slow release. I kind like of it of because it's like, yeah. it's like low.
3: Pay- <laughs> you're expecting something, you know, it's Marcus Gasol. Like you're expecting mm-hmm. something a bit more like with some S And it's just like, like a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like an easy, just like an easy <laughs> flick. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I kind of, I mean, this, I guess this is pretty obvious, but I kind of love Giannis doubling down uh, on the, the counting. Mm-hmm.
1: Not doubling mm-hmm.
3: down. No, yeah, doubling down in that he's like dug into it even more and is yeah. like, well, it's like, I dare you to five. call
1: me for a delay of game here. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, I think it's very tacky for everybody mm-hmm. to count down the the time now. Like we've Oh, we you're one know. of these you're one of we've these uh
1: there. these fan cops, huh, Katie? Oh, don't have fun. Don't count down the guy who takes forty-five seconds it's to take just free throws. It's a bit
3: gauche. It's like a bit <laughs> tacky. You know, there's better things you can expend your energy on. Um
1: you say this, but I don't think I've ever been in a building that was louder or more electric than when Giannis in the conference finals against the Raptors missed like five free throws in the fourth quarter of one of those games. He wasn't uh, that doing that, was,
3: people weren't counting then.
1: No, but I think there was still sort of a um, That's probably
3: what made you know, him start to take so long. I think actually media, it was, right. wasn't there a story that was like after that he went The Raptors out.
1: broke me, yeah. Yeah, he like
3: or he worked with someone in terms of like specifically mm. coaching that and he, mm. they were like you can you can take as long as you want. You can't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was like you can.
1: Yeah. I don't side with the Nets franchise much, but I do think it was cool that they had the countdown and the fans were getting involved And then I think it's lame. The NBA was like, "Stop it! It's mean." I think that's. Uh, it was cool the first it's all few times. That's
3: what I'm saying. <laughs> but now it's like, you know, like all right, we. we hat know. on a hat
1: stuff. We all yeah. know. Yeah, we I all get know. it. I get what you're saying. Um, I also think um, future Toronto it. Raptor. I, uh, future Toronto Raptor Victor Wembanyama. Have you seen mm-hmm. clips of his free throw stylings? Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen him on YouTube a little bit. Uh, he doesn't dribble it. He just catches it, lines up, and shoots. And I think that's badass. I think uh, to not like just thinking about doing that myself, someone who's not a very good free throw shooter, but like I need the two or three dribbles to kind of get into the flow, move my muscles a little bit, uh, <laughs> make sure I don't cramp up. For him to just catch it and just stone cold pour it in, I think that is. Pretty cool, Um, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be fun when he's doing it for your Toronto Raptors, of course. The thing that's definitely going to happen if the Raptors just play their cards right, because the lottery... Never disappoints you. Uh, we're going to continue on here, Katie. Get to do a couple more questions, a couple more fun ones, and some OG Ananobi-related stuff because people really all over the OG rumors and trade scuttlebutt these days. We'll get to that in just one sec, but before we do that, a reminder, Locked on Leafs is your daily Toronto, Rap- Toronto Maple Leafs podcast hosted by Mike DiStefano and Dave Morisuti. They're doing a great job covering a very good Leafs team that, if not for the Boston Bruins being unbelievable, would be right at the top of the NHL. Unfortunately, Boston Sports it's all the good things. It's a real nightmare. Uh, but either way, not a nightmare is Locked On Leafs. Go check them out every day in your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Katie, a few more questions here. Let's uh, dive in to this one here from Mike Christie asking, do you think Vision six foot nine? I didn't put the ticker version of this all. Give me one sec. <laughs> I have to fix this. Oh, uh, whatever. I'll bring the question down after the production value remains sketchy at best here on the show. If you're watching on YouTube, Please subscribe. Mike Christie asked, do you think Vision 6 9 is over by the end of the season? Has Nick in the front office learned enough from this experiment? A good question, a, an important question at the moment. Um, obviously something I'm sure they're mulling over internally going into the deadline. I have, you know, kind of gone on a rant about how I think the term vision six foot nine has lost all meaning of late. But uh, I am curious what you think, Katie, as to the future of vision six foot nine as a philosophy for this Toronto Raptors team build.
3: Well, what's the definitive end for people? Like for me, yeah. I th- it would probably They trade be... all of the
1: six, nine guys and only play six, five guys.
3: Yeah. No, I think <laughs> it's like, for me, it's like you get a center, you get yeah. a quote, traditional center right because mm-hmm. then you're say even if though like that in itself is kind of funny because it's like they may also just be around that height
1: yeah like precious achua might just be <laughs> yes. that guy uh yes six but, foot nine. <laughs> um,
3: you get like a quote true center
1: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. that to me would probably signal that it's over because you're you're anchoring one of your positions even if your mm-hmm. other four are still pretty fast and loose mm-hmm. um I guess like where I'm at with with vision vision six nine is like how much was real and yeah. like definitive to begin with. How much was kind of a loose term that was fun to apply uh, to what they were trying to do.
1: I really regret coining the phrase, Katie. I'm ninety nine percent sure I'm the one who coined it, and I feel I badly know. for it because did you?
3: I'm, but that's the I'm thing. Pretty I'm pretty sure I'm like, I did. What's the <laughs> origin story? I don't know. They obviously were trying. It, my dumb
1: brain. Don't listen to anything I say.
3: But I don't think. <laughs> I think what they were trying wasn't even that um, directed. Yeah. Right. It was this like two year loose term more or less Mm -hmm. to kind of lick their wounds after Tampa and -hmm. try and put something together. uh, Mm -hmm. Give themselves some like breathing room and recovery time. Mm, I feel like the front office is quite stubborn. I don't mean they're not, they're not seeing the obvious problems, but I also feel like they're quite stubborn. So I don't think they're going to, you know, as you said, and I'm sure some people want trade away the key players that, you know, make vision six, nine, whether you invented it, whether they invented it. I did, but it's fine. A real thing. <laughs> um, but also like, you know, I like basketball teams change all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in Toronto, we kind of forgotten a little bit about what it like, we, we go through more long cycles right mm-hmm. of development than like quick turnovers so yeah i mean i guess the answer to me is it's, it's harder to answer because i'm like when did it start i don't know
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i i think post title
3: i guess like I, is that your marker i would
1: say like when they drafted scotty barnes and we're like well we're gonna add another 6-9 guy to the bunch some here. people would say um,
3: sooner. You know? Yeah, I mean
1: they didn't really have a center in Tampa. That is a good point. Um, you know, they tried with Aaron Baines, but obviously it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I don't think the sort of core tenant idea of Vision Six Foot Nine is going anywhere as far as like a team building philosophy, both with the Raptors and in the NBA at large. I think the idea of having tall players with guard-like skills is the ideal form of basketball in theory. If you can have all the players do all the things that you need the players on the floor to do geometrically in terms of role, and they're all tall, I think that Mm -hmm. is probably still going to be a thing that teams strive for. Uh, Just being 6'8 is more beneficial than being 6'2 in the NBA. It's just the reality. We've seen this play out over and over and over again. I do think this year, the last couple of years, have illuminated that you can't just play with only six foot nine guys. You have to have some sort of versatility in the types of players you can play. Um, you have to have guard skills. And, and as it turns out, there aren't that many players at 6'9 who have guard skills and so until there are a bounty of players at that size who play mm-hmm. like guards there's still going to be room for the fred van Vliet and gary Trent juniors of the world uh not to mention the center element too um so like i i don't think the idea behind it is flawed in any way i think it's actually a pretty sound vision i just think the personnel is really hard to attain and in the absence of being able to build a team out of 15 players who can play center and have guard skills and do all the different things you need on the floor. Uh, you got to have different players who do those things traditionally. So mm-hmm. uh, if you've learned anything, I think it's just, it can be part of the toolkit. Like Fred Van Vliet has said, it can be part of the toolkit, but it can't be the only thing you do just because there's a scarcity in the players who have those skills that you need at six foot nine to really mm-hmm. fully execute it. Um, Let's continue on, Katie. A couple of questions here regarding OG... Ananobi. Uh, there was a question about sort of the, the Bob McCown rumor that he OG wants out. I don't know how much to put into a Bob McCown rumor, honestly. Um, you know, I'm sure he knows stuff. I'm sure people tell him stuff. People have different sources of different quality, whatever. Um, uh, but beyond that, you have a question here from Shane, which is OG oh, for Miles Turner and the Pacers first in 2023. Who says no? Katie, I know you love fake trades, it's your favorite <laughs> thing. Uh, I, I am curious, you know, thoughts on just the concept of trading ananobi i know this has been a thing that's popped up uh sort of in the discourse over the last week or so we talked about it last week with miguel rivas who dropped the bomb on the show saying he thinks they should trade og i can very much see the argument for it if you're thinking moving og is a way to sort of reassemble the roster around scotty barnes and pascal siakam you hope that you build but those two's you know cores sorry those two primes overlapping at some point the next few years here Mm -hmm. and maybe an OG trade is the way to sort of restock the cupboards as it were in a way that you know kind of more profoundly changes your trajectory going forward than just trading Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr thoughts on OG thoughts on Miles Turner where are you at with all this Katie it's all very grim I don't like talking about this stuff and I'm ready for the deadline to be over
3: (laughs) I feel so sad just like subjecting Miles Turner to another hypothetical trade (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there isn't anyone who's been in more of them in the past, yeah. like four years.
1: Maybe John Collins. It's quite a title to contend for, but yeah, it's I think. Yeah, it's, it feels like he's been on the trade block for five seasons, and that's yeah. like more than half of his career. And even
3: <laughs> if he wants out, it's kind of cruel because now, if he did want out in the past, because now the Pacers are good, yeah, and fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so playing that's, with uh, Tyrese Halliburton seems like a blast. I yeah. wouldn't want to end that. I yeah. don't think
3: <laughs> um this is tough. I mean, yeah, sure. Theoretically this is a good trade, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, do I think they will do it? Mm-hmm. No. Um, for like the, those two, I don't know that Indiana is giving up. But this is it sucks. I hate this hypothetical because I'm like, Oh yeah, OG <laughs> would be a good fit. He would be a good fit in Indiana. He'd be really
1: good fit on that <laughs> Indiana team for he sure. Would.
3: Yeah, he would. Um, uh, I just—it's very—it's t- like I don't envy the position that they're in. I get, I understand the the allure of of OG Ananobi to any NBA team and the mm-hmm. return. Then the Raptors would be looking at. It just seems really tough to me that you're you're like you're forfeiting his first good full season, yeah, <laughs> that he's had in his career and being like, well, you know, we knew all along. So see ya. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose I say no. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the I guess if you're
3: very sentimental grounds.
1: for sure. I, mean, I think it's totally fair to be sentimental about OJ Ananobi as well. He's a really fun player, really cool guy. Uh, he's fun to have on your basketball team and a pretty damn useful player to have on your basketball mm-hmm. team. It's why half the league wants him. Um, you know, I, I think if the Pacers are giving you their first round pick this year, you sign up for that because the Pacers are currently uh, free falling without Tyrese Halliburton and will probably not end up as high as it looked like they might be in the standings Mm -hmm. a little earlier. So if you can get your own lottery pick plus the Pacers potentially lottery pick, yeah, you do that. Um, you know, the Miles Turner sort of uncertainty baked into it all. He's going to be a free agent. You got to keep him around. Maybe the Raptors, you know, fancy their ability to do so. And he certainly would be an excellent fit next to Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. If you're trying to maximize that next window, kind of, uh, maybe the ideal perfect fit of anybody in the NBA, really. Um, but it's tough. you know. There's the worry that you trade OG and are sort of missing that type of player for the rest of time and sort mm-hmm. of thinking back like it's the Babe Ruth trade for the Red Sox. Like, damn, how the hell did we let that happen? Obviously, he's not Babe Ruth, but uh, he's far more cut than Babe Ruth ever was. Um, but yeah, there's also the world in which 18 months from now you look back and wonder, damn, that was kind of our chance to strike while the iron was hot and get the most we could have for him. This is all very sad. It makes me bummed out. Let's go to another question that about trades, Katie. Uh, This one is from Cameron Hilton, once again, asking, one realistically acquirable player added to the Raptors who could unlock the half court, Buddy Heald, Seth Curry. Uh, Let me tell you, Katie, uh, I have an idea here. And this was talked about on the Pound the Rock podcast with our pals Joe Wolfond and Joseph Cacharo yesterday. Uh, I've been talking about this trade with Joe Wolfond in our DMs for like two weeks, also OG involved. Let's say you to a little OG Ananobi for Tyrese Maxi swap, Katie. The Sixers get themselves OG Ananobi, who can fix a lot of their defensive issues. They get to roll out a starting five of Harden, Melton, OG, Harris, and Embiid. Uh, Coming back the other way would be P.J. Tucker and Daniel House, the salary match, which, you know, we get P.J. Tucker back in town. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. And then Tyrese Maxi, of course, is the big sort of uh, the headliner. And boy, oh boy, would Tyrese Maxey be a hilariously good fit next to Siakam and uh, Scotty Barnes. No, what what say you to that potential swap, which I think if the Sixers are like, we got to go win the title this year, Mm -hmm. that might be the move for them. Uh, It's obviously a big one. They probably have all the same sentimentality tied up in Maxey that the Raptors do in OG, so it probably doesn't happen. But uh, I think that one is, like, maybe the most intriguing potential fake OG trade out there. And I'm sad that I waited until after the Pound the Rock guys got to it first on their show. But we've been talking about it for weeks, uh, Joe and I. And I think uh, this is uh, potentially a winner, Katie, for both sides.
3: I don't know. They're not giving up, Maxie, man. Like, they're <laughs> not. They're, that's not happening. Um, even I, I'm sure as, like, enticing as OG is to their mm-hmm. roster and, like, what a good fit he would be now and in the season and like such a difference maker. Uh, he still doesn't have a lot of the things that Maxi does.
1: Mm-hmm. But so, Maxi so, doesn't have a lot of the things OG does. Well, in exactly. Uh, but you're any trading, idea how to play defense.
3: <laughs> yeah. But like you're trading, you're trading a lot of like Maxi is kind of a combustion offensive, like combustion engine, mm-hmm. which I would mm-hmm. say Embiid and um, Harnett don't have. Yeah. Right. Like you know, there are other like offensive capabilities. They really don't have that, and the team doesn't really have that. Mm-hmm. So that I think would be a big loss to them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's sure. It's appealing. I really right. love watching Tyrese Maxey play basketball. I would mm-hmm. love to have PJ Tucker back on the team, <laughs> though. That would suck for him and all his convertibles.
1: Yeah. Um. But PJ and Thad hanging out, being old. Baby, that's that's the stuff, right sure. there.
3: <laughs> I mean, I also like these other, like I love Seth, like Seth Curry. But again, mm-hmm. I feel like Seth Curry is like way too valuable to give up. But like Seth Curry is just like comp- always of like of the Curry brothers,
2: just mm-hmm. getting
3: the short end of the stick when he's like been the most competent player, I think, on any of the teams he's been on in the past like four seasons, yeah, five seasons, um, and a long time buddy healed fan.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, buddy.
3: These are wonderful options. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I don't actually even know in like for practicality's sake. I don't even know what those two necessarily um, give or fix for the Raptors. I think there's now a deeper Mm -hmm. uh, problem (laughs) in Toronto Mm -hmm. than just like you're swapping one guy for another.
1: Yeah, I I mean, they certainly need. Ball handling. I don't really know if Curry or Heald's given that to you, so I don't. I don't know if that's like opening up the mm-hmm. offense. You know, they have similar a similar guy to those guys in Gary Trent Jr. and the offense still stinks. So, um, I, I think it would have to be sort of like you said, a combustion engine like a Tyrese Maxi, that type of player coming in to just sort of change the shape of the floor, change the way defenses have to bend, and thus open up a whole lot of stuff for Scotty and Pascal and the rest. Um, you might be looking at a pretty. Grim defensive backcourt with a Maxi Fred situation. Uh, but right. I, I mean, I don't know. It's. That, I think, is, like, such a fascinating trade. It also would tell us a lot, I think, about what the Sixers sort of think about this year. Because mm-hmm. I do think that's the move. If you think this is your year to win the title, that's, like, a move to increase your chances of winning the title right now. Mm-hmm. But maybe they view this Harden thing as a longer-term marriage. Maybe they're worried about him leaving and they, they you know, they do go all in. Or they're worried about him leaving and want to keep Maxie around to fill in that void. Um, these are not easy decisions for anybody, but I do think that is a fun one. And with that, we're going to leave it there instead of making Katie talk about trades anymore. No, Katie hates it. (laughs) 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 It's just the, the, the crummy reality of the situation the Raptors find themselves in. Um, that's just kind of the, the the way forward, I suppose is shipping out dudes in exchange for other dudes, but either way, we're going to leave it there. Katie, thank you so much for hanging and for indulging, and thanks to the lovely listeners who sent in so many great questions this week. Uh, Katie, anything you would like to promote for the good people out there?
3: Like to promote you getting your storm chips, getting whatever you need to get together to hunker down in these next. It's snowed so We're... much
1: since we started podcasting. Oh my god! Um. Anyway, <laughs>
3: and just be safe and subscribe to Basketball Feelings.
1: Everyone, if you're not subscribed to Basketball Feelings, what the hell are you doing? Do it. It's great. I'm a paid subscriber. Couldn't be happier. Go check it out. Um, You can find me over on Twitter at Sean. Follow, subscribe to, rate and review the podcast for free wherever you get your shows. And of course, we are on YouTube. Please go support the video version of the show. Even if you're not going to watch the videos, again, all I ask is that you subscribe and then just leave the videos on in the background on mute and uh, help juice the stats. That's totally fine and above board and uh, makes me feel a whole lot better about myself. Thank you for doing that. And uh, once again, February the 7th at the Rivoli, Queen Street West, Katie. And i will be there along with a whole host of wonderful dignitaries from raptors internet for the raptors of public treat debt pre-trade deadline podcast event of the century it's and gonna be a blast selling.
3: so tickets are tickets. selling yeah. go
1: get them right now and uh get yourself in the door with that we will round it out there Thank you so much. We'll talk to you Thursday, breaking down Raptors Kings. It's late night Raptors week, baby. Uh, I think Jamar Hines will be along to do that tomorrow. So you have that to look forward to. Until then, thanks so much. Bye-bye.
2: Hey, Prime members.